Hello and welcome to this episode of the CyberSec Migrant. If you're here, welcome. It's good to have you here. And this is a new series we're starting where we're going to be talking about cybersecurity nuggets. So, not stuff for uh, cybersecurity experts, some people who are new to cybersecurity, people who are not in cybersecurity but want to have a sense of how can they be more cyber aware. Going to be sharing tips, ideas, and tricks you can do to make yourself a bit more secure as you navigate cyberspace. My name is Femi, and I'm your host. And on this episode, we're going to be starting off the series talking about the top 10 cybersecurity myths that are out there. So, what myths are out there in cybersecurity that lead to people making bad decisions about their online safety? And let's set the record straight on those 10 myths and how you can be better and avoid getting. Uh, being a victim to those myths. Let's jump right into it. Now, our first myth is the I'm too small to be a target myth. And that's the thing. A lot of people think that because they are a small individual or they're not a huge organization or they don't have a huge cybersecurity footprint, that they're not going to target them. But that's not true. The truth is that your size doesn't matter. Everyone needs to worry about cybersecurity, regardless of your size, regardless of your industry, regardless of what you do, because cyber criminals are always constantly developing new ways to attack. And anyone can be a target. Cyber criminals love easy prey. So if you think because you're too small, you don't have any cybersecurity measures in place, that makes you easy prey, and that makes you a lot more vulnerable to being attacked. It's like uh, someone who's trying to steal a car from a parking garage. You walk through, there's a line of 10 cars. Five of them have a club around the steering wheel, which makes it a bit more difficult. Which one do you think the car thieves are going to attack? Of course, the ones that don't have the club because they're easier. Or someone locks, the, one person locks his car and the other person does not lock his car. One person winds his window down. Of course, that's a lot easier to steal. So it's the same thing with being safe online. Don't assume that because you're small, you're not going to take cybersecurity practices into place. You need to worry about that because that's what's going to make you safe and secure. Don't be a victim. The second myth that we're going to look at is the myth, and this comes from a very long time ago growing up. I, I myself have been, uh, I've had this before in the past when I was still new to the field, and it's the myth that I've got antivirus, so I'm safe. Um, and that's not true. Um, yes, antivirus is essential. But the fact is, it is not a force field. It's not something that's going to automatically, because you have antivirus, automatically and magically, you're going to be safe. That's not what it means. Antivirus software, yes, it's an important part of cybersecurity, but it is not enough to protect you from all threats. You need to be careful about what website you're visiting, what links you're clicking on, what attachments you open. You have to stay vigilant. The antivirus can protect you. But if you do something silly that your antivirus can protect you against, then you're viable. So for example, let's give an example. Someone sends you a phishing email uh, with a suspicious looking link and the email comes through to your mailbox. Of course, your antivirus might actually warn you and put a label and say this email looks suspicious or you've never received this email from this sender before. So maybe you should be a bit more careful. But then you go ahead and click on the link and then it downloads a bunch of malware onto your computer. Do you see what I'm getting at? The antivirus can warn you, but if you do something that is silly, you're going to circumvent the antivirus. So because you have antivirus doesn't mean you're safe. So antivirus is only one part of 
the entire equation. There's other things you need to take uh, take into consideration as well. Uh, the third myth we're going to look at is the "it won't happen to me" myth. You know, some people say, "Well, you know, it's not going to happen to us. It's not going to happen to me. I have nothing that interests them. I don't have any information." And that's where you'd be surprised. People. You'll be surprised how much people get targeted, even though they do not realize it. And the fact is, in the world of cybersecurity, everyone is a potential target. From the regular Tom on the street to the high-ranking C-level executive in the Fortune 500 company, everyone is a potential target. So do not be overconfident and be prepared. It's better for you to be prepared and not get hacked than to get hacked and not be prepared. So you see the logic? So don't say it won't happen to me. Work with the mindset of it can happen to me. So what can I do to make sure that I am safe when it happens? The fourth myth we're going to look at, and this is a very interesting one, is that complex passwords are enough to keep you safe online. Fun fact, the most common password in the world is the word password. You wonder why people get hacked all the time when they use that. Second most common password in the world is one, two, three, four, five, six. So people say complex passwords are enough. If you have a complex password, so let's say you have a password that's 15 characters long, you've got uppercase and lowercase and special characters and symbols you know, and numbers, that makes you safe. Wrong. Because today there are so many pieces of software that are able to automate the brute force process. So the brute force process is where a hacker is trying to try all possible combination of passwords to see which one is the correct answer. And also on the dark web, you can actually buy things like known password hashes, which is known password combinations, and they can just try a bunch of those. And with the way computers are really advanced these days, there's so many advanced computers that can actually try a barrage of passwords in a very short time. So don't assume that because you have a complex password that is 25 characters long with numbers and letters and uppercase and lowercase and special characters that you're safe. It doesn't mean that you're safe. Passwords can be cracked. Passwords have been known to be cracked. Or worse still, passwords can be leaked because sometimes they don't have to actually know what the password is. Your password can be leaked through a hack. Your password can be socially engineered. In the past, there's been ways where password hashes have gotten exposed on the internet, either previous breaches from um, a different you know, organization. Or like recently, uh, there was a password breach. Uh, there was a hack on the MGM resource. And that hack was a result of someone socially engineering uh, someone with uh, privileged accesses password. You call the help desk and say, tell me, I forgot my password. Can you reset my password for me? So they don't even need to know what your password is. They can reset it, give you a complex password and pass that on to the hacker. So it's important to know that not only are co complex passwords required, but they are not enough. You should add two-factor authentication to your account for an extra layer of protection. So you've got a password, but you also add two-factor authentication, maybe a token, a hardware token device where you generate a token code and you punch that into verify. Or it could be you click, open up an app on your phone and type in, you know, click on yes or type in a number. There's a variety of ways those can work. But make sure that you're doing something else that's also authenticating your identity before you actually allow access. So if someone steals your password, for example, or they're able to get access to your password through a leak or through a hack or through a breach, there's still a second layer of requirements for you to be able to actually get into your account. 
So that's very important to help you to actually get uh, protect your account. So make sure that you've got two-factor authentication to protect your account a little more. The fifth myth we're going to be looking at is incognito mode is secure. And that is just not true. Many people will say, oh, I'm going to look at this website, but because I want it to be secure, I'm going to turn on incognito mode or safe browsing mode or secure browsing mode on my browser. What incognito mode does, it, it hides your browsing history. That's all it does. If you're, not view, if you're not using a VPN, all your browsing traffic is being seen by your ISP or if anyone is snooping around on your network, they're going to see all your information. The only way your browsing information is secure is if you're using a secure VPN. So incognito mode is not a secure VPN. It only hides your browsing history. It doesn't hide your browsing traffic. And it definitely doesn't make you invisible online. So you want to make sure that though you are using incognito mode, you still have other things in place. You're using a secure VPN. You're using a secure Wi-Fi. You are not... Uh, typing in data that you don't want to be uh, exposed on a connection, especially when you're not sure if the connection is secure. So it's important to realize that incognito mode is actually not secure. It just hides your browsing history. Sixth myth is, well, people say, well, once a link looks suspicious, I don't click on it. So people say, I don't click on weird links, so I'm not going to fall prey. In the past, that was the case. Weird links would always look weird. But these days, the bad guys have become so much more advanced and so much more sneaky. And phishing emails these days are so much sneakier. Gone are the days when you could tell a phishing email by the badly worded grammar and the terrible English that was in it. These days, the bad guys have tools like ChatGPT that could write a flawless email for them. And then you think it's actually legit and coming from an authentic source, but it is not. So. It's important to always double check. And when you double check, double check through a back channel. Don't use reply to that email or reply to that text message you got and say, is this authentic? Look for a back channel. So for example, an email comes into your mailbox purporting to be from your bank, asking you to verify some information. Go out of that email, either open your banking app on your phone, go to the contact us section of the app and call your bank and say, did you send me this email or did you send that? And fun fact, most banks will not send you such emails. So you can almost be sure that it's a scam when that happens. So even if you think that you don't click on weird links, you can be tricked into clicking on weird links. So always double check any link before you click. Always double check. Check, does the spelling look okay? Does the text look okay? Does it look like it's a legitimate link? If you're not sure, go and verify before you actually click on the link to be sure that you don't get hacked. The seventh myth we're going to be looking at is, and that's, that's what I really like a lot, is that public Wi-Fi is safe. A lot of people say, well, it's public Wi-Fi. I have to put in my password. I have to click this. There's a padlock icon. That means it's safe. No, it does not mean it's safe. It's easy for a malicious person, a bad threat actor to go to a location, say, for example, a Starbucks, right? Uh, sit in their car in the parking lot, turn on their computer, and create a fake spoofed Wi-Fi and call it Starbucks Guest. And you would think because it says Starbucks Guest, that automatically means it's uh, Starbucks, and then you connect to that, and then they can view all your data. So public Wi-Fi is actually a playground for hackers. You should be very cautious when using it. 
I know a story once of someone who was on a long flight, a transcontinental flight, so from somewhere in Asia to North America with a stopover in Europe. Uh, she stopped over in Europe, um, logged into her Wi-Fi, logged into the airport Wi-Fi and logged into her banking information, you know, logged into her banking app and did some transactions. And then she promptly got on a plane to fly to North America, a 10-hour flight. When she landed in North America, she got a notification from her bank that she had lost almost $100,000 because she had done some transactions. The only reason that would have happened is she connected to Wi-Fi she thought was legitimate, authentic, safe while she was in Amsterdam, and it was not. So never, ever assume that public Wi-Fi is safe. Even if it says, this airport secure Wi-Fi, that doesn't automatically mean it's safe. You should be suspicious. Always be suspicious. And if you're suspicious, always be careful. As a rule of thumb, don't do any banking information on public Wi-Fi. Don't do any secure information. Don't do any uh, critical information on public Wi-Fi. So if you need to access your banking information, your health information, any personally identifiable information, your email, strongly suggest, except it's absolutely necessary, do not use them on public Wi-Fi because you are not sure what that Wi-Fi is. If you must use them, turn off, turn off public Wi-Fi and use the data that comes with your phone service because that's a bit more secure because you're sure that you're connecting to your um, network service uh, providers. Uh, and even in that case, you still have to be a bit more careful. But just know that public Wi-Fi is not essentially secure. It's open, free. Be careful with it. And that leads us to the eighth um, myth. And this is an interesting one as well. It says, you can't hack my webcam. Because a lot of people say, one of the things people do is you, you know, people say you can hack my webcam, they can hack your webcam very remotely. And then you can see that even though your webcam is not in use, there's a little light indicating that your webcam is on. And the truth is, hackers have gotten so much more smarter these days. It's possible for them to actually remotely access your webcam and also disable that light. So while you think your webcam isn't on or recording, because the light isn't on, it actually is. So there's ways they can actually control your webcam without you knowing it. So don't assume that because the light is off, your webcam isn't on and recording. It could be. What's the security there? Make sure you cover up your webcam. If you have an external webcam, most of those come these days with a cover. Slide the cover on so that it's not able to record anything, even if they're remotely accessed. If it's a built-in um, webcam, you can get one of these little webcam covers, even a sticker, even a little post-it note. That's okay. Stick that on it just to make sure that no one's able to actually unfairly use your webcam to spy on you, and then you get into all sorts of trouble when that happens. So make sure that if you're not using your webcam, you're not having a video call at that time, cover it up so that you are safe. It's just one little step to make it a little safer out in cyberspace. Um, the ninth myth we're going to look at, or we're going to touch on, bust it if you will, is that security is too complicated, so I can't do anything to protect myself from cyber attacks. If the huge companies of this world, the Fortune 500 companies can get breached, what's going to stop me from getting breached? And the truth is, you can't be farther from the truth than that. The truth is, cybersecurity is not rocket science, even though rocket science is cool. But there's so many things you can do to protect yourself from cyber attacks. You know, 
You can use a strong password. You can enable multi-factor authentication. You can be careful about what information you share online. You know, there's so many basic precautions you can do that go a long way to keeping you a lot safer than if you didn't have those precautions. So even though you're not a geek, even though it's, it seems it's complicated, there's so many simple things you can do. You know, and like I said, make sure that you have this multiple layers of protection. Use a secure password and then enable multi-factor authentication and then be careful about what information you share and then be careful about what sites you go to and then be careful about what links you click on when you go to websites. All of that build on each other to make you a lot more secure online. So don't think you can protect yourself. There actually is a whole lot you can do to protect yourself from being attacked. So try to do that. And the final and 10th myth we're going to look at is, and this is a very interesting one. It says cybersecurity is just for geeks. Maybe in the past, but not anymore. Today, we are all connected. We've all got the internet in the palm of our hands. Everyone has a little smart device that has instant access to almost anything anywhere in the world. Because of that, we're all connected. And because we're all connected, anyone can reach you too. If they have bad intents, to work against you. So if you use technology, if you have a connected device, you need to take steps to make sure that you're protected in cyberspace. Because that connected device can be a conduit, a, ven a vector, if you will, for you to get breached um, by malicious actors. So it's very important for you to make sure that though you might not be a geek, though you might not be doing anything um, that is, you know, classified as overly secure or overly sensitive, you should still do your best to protect yourself in cyberspace. So that's the last bit. It's not just for geeks, it's for everyone. And you should try your best to stay secure. So those are 10 cybersecurity myths that um, it's been in the past it might have been true, but they certainly aren't true anymore. So make sure that you stay cyber safe, you stay smart and stay secure. So I'd like to hear from you. Which of these myths have you fallen victim to before? And if you haven't fallen victim to any of these myths, is there any of these myths that you've heard before? Or is there one I haven't touched upon that you've heard before? Please share them down in the comments below. I would love to hear that. And one more thing I'd like to ask about is that. Um, let us know. This is a new style and new format we're um, launching with the podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity nuggets and tips and tricks. What do you think about it? Do you like the format? Is it different from our interview, usual interview style? So do you like what we're doing here? If you do, let us know. You can you know DM or send us a tweet on uh Twitter, well, it's now x.com slash cybersecmigrant. You can send us a DM on Instagram uh, at slash at cybersecmigrant or, you know, leave a comment on, our, on this video or answer the poll down below if you're on Spotify and let us know what you think. And if you enjoyed this kind of content, let me know what else would you like to listen, see us talk about? What else would you like to see us cover? You know, short nuggets that make it useful, tips that make it easy for you to actually stay a bit more cybersecure. So let's hear from you. We'd like to get your feedback. And until next time, thank you for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one. See you around and stay cyber secure.